Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Eyes on the Right Podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and we are going to jump into today's topic, which is the big state of Texas. What is going on in the state of Texas? We've got the wildfires, we have the double solar eclipse coming up in April, as well as the border crisis down in Eagles Pass. It seems like the focus, at least in the last five to six months has been on Texas. So what is going on there? I'm going to try to tie some pieces together. We're going to talk about some interesting tie-ins to the eclipse. And I hope you guys get a lot out of this because I think it's interesting some of the patterns that have been put together. Um, Again, when we look at these things, take a neutral approach. They're merely patterns that I'm recognizing. And what you guys decide to do with this information is completely up to you. But as always, I want to end the podcast with hope. I don't want you all being fearful or worrisome or anxious because if you are walking with Christ and you are following God and praying with him, he is going to keep you a step ahead. So just know that as we go into this. So I want to start specifically with the wildfires. Last week, my sister texted me. She lives in the panhandle and she said, call me. And I called her right away and she told me how the wildfires started and she said pray just pray so my sister lives in the panhandle my brother-in-law and my dad was from texas i have tons of family in texas and so it's a state that's dear to my heart and my husband and i were married in texas so we love texas but when she told me that i thought oh my gosh here we go because many of you um, are familiar with the winds in texas and if you have those winds coming out with the right conditions, heat, and the dry grass, it is a recipe for disaster. So I want to preface with that because while we can speculate, oh, is this a do a direct energy weapon? Were these purposely started? We can speculate with that. But we have to know that these fires have happened in the past and they are common in this area specifically. So keep that in mind as we move through this, have a neutral approach, like I said. But she called me, she's like, pray. And I, I just immediately started praying. And so I'm going to read the most recent article as of today, Sunday, but from independent journal source, it says, Texas state's largest ever wildfire, it's only 15% contained after six days. So there's still no end in sight for the Smokehouse Creek fire, which is now five times the size of New York City. So they're still struggling with this fire in Texas, and it's crossed the state line into western Oklahoma, but it's only 15% contained, according to Texas A&M for- Forest Service. Again, we've got the strong winds, the dry conditions, and it's threatened to intensify the wildfire, which is already the largest in state history. So it makes one wonder, is this part of their plan? According to this article, it says, the fire has burned more than 1.1 million acres across the panhandle and destroyed 500 structures. So we've got massive ruin and that's not even the animals. In fact, I was reading another story that talked about animals that were burned and they had to be euthanized as well as animals that lost their lives from cattle to goats to all sorts of farm animals and that just breaks my heart too because it's not just human life that's in danger but it's also the animals and I think this is part of the equation many of us know that Bill Gates and other influential leaders 
as well as China, has been buying up farmland in the United States. This has been something that we've been awakened to and, and, and trying to, gr- to grab a hold of why they would want this land. But when we start to understand that they're trying to control the food supply, they're trying to get us to eat genetically modified beef, right? Um, beef made in a, a laboratory. They don't want us eating cows, right? The cows are bad for the environment. And when we look at Texas, it is the state for cattle. It is the top state in the United States for cattle. In fact, in this area alone are small towns, one of them being Hereford, which is called the beef capital of the world. So you've got all these feedlots with this cattle. You've got bovine, you have Canadian, you have all these little towns that have massive cattle fields, massive um, beef that are that are brought out into the, for the rest of the country. And so could that be part of what all this is entailing, especially how they want to control the food supply? It very well could be. I mean, we would be totally aloof if we didn't bring this into the equation. And so could that be part of the reason why these fires were started? Now, I did have somebody reach out to me who lived in the area, her family lived in the area. And I believe she said that their ranch um, burned down. And yet she said that there's their family were one of the the better off ones. And so you can imagine how these fires just ravage. In fact, how do you stop a fire that is being blown by, you know, 60 mile an hour winds? It's nearly impossible, specifically on these flat grasslands. And so pray for the firefighters, pray for those people that have lost their homes and their animals and their livestock. One of the silver linings of all of this, though, that my sister told me was, and she's okay, by the way, one of the silver linings of this is how the community came together in times of crisis. This is something where you can see the goodness of humanity when people come together during times that they need each other. And this is the case. I saw many people online on social media, bringing hay, bringing other things to the ranchers nearby. And people are really pulling together. And and that is such a wonderful thing to see. And as these days goes go ahead, whatever is to come in America and the rest of the world, it's time to pull together and help one another out. And this is really, this is really what humanity is about is is helping each other. And so we saw this here in the fires. But something interesting, one of my followers um, sent me, she said that there was a uh, nuclear plant nearby. And I thought this was really interesting. So I want to, I want to cover this just a little bit. But so near this area is a is a plant called Pantex and Pantex plant is a nuclear facility northeast of Amarillo. So they had to suspend temporarily their um, operations for that day. But get this, this is really kind of an added piece to the puzzle. But since 1975, the Pantex plant has been the U.S. primary facility, primary facility responsible for assembling and disassembling disassembling nuclear weapons and so it's one of six and that to me seems really interesting is there something more here with this pantex plant i don't know just throwing some things out there but the idea here is we've got multiple layers to this fire potentially the cattle the food supply this nuclear plant um, farmland that you know maybe this is farmland that these people wanted when we look at the maui fires 
and we look at the area in Lahaina that was affected. Many have said this is prime real estate for these people. They want this land. And so what do they do? They burn it down. They burn it down. And it, it's horrible. I did a podcast about the alchemical element of fire and how forest fire is used by the government as a weapon, a military weapon. In fact, there is declassified paperwork from the 1970s that talk about fire being a weapon. And it's not limited to just forest fires. If you look at what they have today with these direct energy weapons, it clearly showed in Maui that there was something not right about that. You saw all the idea of the blue, anything blue, the blue roofs or what have you were spared. And so is there something more to the direct energy weapons? The fires in recently in Chile were very suspect. The fires in Canada, the fires um, all up in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, something is happening, something is changing, and they're blaming it on climate change. They're blaming it on you and I. They're saying you are emitting too much. You are, your carbon footprint is too much. When in fact, it's them. It's them that, is, that are manipulating the climate to further try to control us and and gain power and so this is what we're seeing here with these wildfires is what i suspect is a um assumption that i think is is pretty spot on and you know we have to think about this kind of stuff is this part of the world that we're facing now how do we how do we navigate a world where it seems like these people are constantly affecting our lives so what's also really strange is Joe Biden recently came out in a speech and he actually admitted to the fact that these blue roofs in Maui were spared. And I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly what he said, but essentially he admitted it. And it's just so ironic, and I'm sure you guys are picking up on this too, how they say what they're doing. And some people will call this predictive programming. You'll see this in movies and, you know, The Simpsons and things like that. They they put these little pieces into the movies and stuff to influence our subconscious. It's it's priming, it's programming, it's getting us prepared for what's to come. And there's also a magical, lesser magic um, idea to this as well. It's it's this idea of free will, right? If they show you, then the burden of blame kind of goes off of them and it goes on to you. So it's this idea of self-will, free choice. Well, we showed you, but you didn't pick up on it kind of thing. And it's, it's very deceptive. It's a sleight of hand. These people are really just high-level occultists and, and warlocks and witches. And they're being manipulated by the spiritual realm. But we know that God is in control. And so we have to remember that. But it's just really strange how all of this kind of comes into play. And Biden is out there basically saying, yeah, what we said and all thought is true. So another interesting facet about this is Elon Musk actually tweeted two weeks prior to the fires in Texas. He picked, he tweeted a picture it was on 2-14-24, so it was a couple weeks prior to the wildfires in Texas, but this tweet had a picture of Texas. It was a black picture with the ring around the border of Texas looked like it was on fire, and it was a little cryptic, you know? Um, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean anything? And many of you have been following where I've been going with the world on fire. Dolly Parton had this song come out. It was called A World on Fire. And all of last year, 2023, like I mentioned, Canada, 
all over the US, all over the world. These fires were happening everywhere. And of course, Time Magazine, all these, you know, liberal media, they're all saying that it's due to climate change. And it's just it's mind blowing because you see all this and you're just like climate change, how how come all of a sudden the increase in fires are just running rapid, you know, and going back to that unclass declassified document I was talking about, what I found interesting in that is that they were spraying chemicals on the trees. And then those trees would be highly, highly flammable. And seeing kind of what they do in some of these areas, specifically Canada and the Pacific Northwest, you see these trees are just burning to such a, a hot high degree that's something it's almost as if there is something on there that's that's highly flammable it just makes you wonder so go back and listen to that podcast it's um i think it's called world on fire and it gives a little more detail about that if you're interested so another couple of points of added interest is beyonce recently dropped a new song on her new country album called texas hold'em Now, she is saying that she wrote this because it's drawing back to her roots when she grew up in Houston, Texas. And that very well may be true, but the timing of it is really, really strange. She drops this song. She shows up at the Grammys with a white cowboy hat on, black and white checkered outfit. And it was really weird to me because recently after that, there was a parade for the Kansas City Chiefs and there was a shooting there and 21 were injured and there was one woman that was identified as a Kansas City DJ who was killed. Now the weird part about this and the timing of it all, DJ Lisa Lopez Galvin, was she was seen wearing a white cowboy hat in many of the pictures because I guess she wore that as a DJ but I thought it was really kind of eerie how they were putting out that picture and the timing of it with Beyonce wearing her white cowboy hat at the Grammys. It was just all so strange. If you travel back a year ago at the Uvalde shooting in Texas, you have all of this symbolic stuff going on there with the pink and the black. Um, Lots of color coding. And this may seem foreign to some of you guys. Maybe you're like, what are you talking about? But from research I've done and from people that I've worked worked with and listened to, um, they have talked about the media using these types of things as comms communications they're sending a message to other people through social media and through color coding through you know playing on words through numbers etc and I just found it really strange that this woman had a white cowboy hat on too you've got the dropping of the Texas Hold'em interesting interesting timing now I watched the music video that Beyonce put out and there wasn't anything that I saw that was too crazy but there was one thing that I saw actually a couple things that I'm going to note the first part was she had this patch on with this one eye so you got the one eye symbolism but on the one on the patch there was a snake a serpent and we know that this is the year of the dragon Um, the serpent is very indicative of the serpent of the garden right the devil the great deceiver so we have that tie in there but she also was seen wearing a lot of blue and there was a part where she was on this blue horse and I think part of it was a carousel but it was still nonetheless it was a blue horse and that reminds me of 
the um, Colorado Denver airport with Blucifer, the big blue horse that's outside of the Colorado airport in Denver there. And many of you guys know that the um, airport is so full of Illuminati Freemasonry symbolism. It's just insane. And so I thought that was really strange to note in her video. But the last part that was really odd was at the very end, she kind of blew her her fingers out like she had a gun in her hand, but she did the Baphomet sign at the very end of the music video. And for those of you that don't know what the Baphomet sign is, it is said to be the, it was made by Eliphas Levi, and it was tied to the Knights Templar. And it's basically the goat head with both male and female parts and on the arms of the Baphomet one is going up with two fingers and the other is going down it says dissolve and coagulate and this is the mantra of all of these new world order globalists elitists whatever you want to call them illuminous um, secret society people is to dissolve and coagulate it's to um, to die and to be rebirthed essentially and I tied that into 9-11 in the last podcast but the two pillars went down and the one was resurrected. And this is that idea. They have to bring order out of chaos. They have to dissolve something to bring about something new. And it's it's all alchemy. It's magic. It's it's this is what they're utilizing. So going back to Texas, we have Eagles Pass, which has been in the news a lot lately. There's a huge crisis with the border and I want to touch on this for just a minute. Eagles Pass is going to be where the eclipse comes across, and we'll touch on the eclipse a little bit later. But with the border issue, we know that these issues that they're bringing about, whether it be gun control, whether it be the border issue, the border is out of control. Most people would agree that if you're going to come over to any country, you need to be vetted the correct way. We need to know who is coming in, what's your name, what's your identification. That's just common sense. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And I think that with this whole thing in the border, it's gotten out of control. But again, I want to I want to warn you guys, I want to preface this with this statement, realize that they will, they, when I say they, I mean the people in charge that are ruling the world, right? They are the physical people that are being represented, that some are in the limelight and some are in the shadows, but they are pulling the strings and they are manipulating and creating agendas. Now, who is manipulating them? There's a spiritual war going on. There's spiritual warfare going on. There's demons, there's principalities that are moving through these people, inspiring them to do these things. But who is ultimately in control? It's God. And God does allow some of this to happen to fulfill his will. He does do that. But Satan has limited power. So so notice the hierarchy there. We give a lot of credit to Satan, but his power is limited. And while we have to understand that there is a spiritual war going on, we don't have to be fixated on that, right? Know that God is in control. Know that you do not have to have fear and worry and anxiety. But going back to these to these crises, they are going to pit you against each other, whether it's gun control, border, the border crisis, whether it's gender or religion. If it's red against blue, politics, they're going to pit you against each other. And this brings up this idea of what could potentially come down the line in America. There could be a civil war, and many people are talking about that. They're talking about this idea of a revolution, you know, where people are going to 
you know, secede or they want, you know, certain states to be separate from the other states. And while we can have a righteous anger and we can stand up for truth and for what's right, we got to do it in a way that honors God first and foremost. And if we are getting carried away by our emotions, we will be deceived. We will be deceived. So keep your emotions in check. Don't act out of emotions and look at this with a neutral lens so that you can navigate in a way that is clear and concise and self-controlled, right? Self-control is really lacking today in our world and we need more of it. So they will pitch you against each other. And and going back to this idea of civil war, again, this has been kind of thrown around um, social media, reels, etc. But there's a movie that's coming out and it's called The Civil War. And this movie is really interesting. It's by A24 Films, but it's coming out on April 26, 2024. And it's about this so-called dystopian future with at least 19 states, including Texas and California, which is an odd pairing. But essentially in this movie, they're saying they will secede from the country and then ally against who? The federal government. So it's really strange, the timing of this in April and we have an election coming up. We know that we have to be aware of their deviancies around election time. There will be false flags. There will be what people might call psyops. But don't get caught up in all the hype. Keep a neutral stance in all of this. And you will not be deceived if you keep seeking God for understanding. And so this month of April is really a big month. And not that this is big news, but Taylor Swift drops... Um, her album in April. We've got the total solar eclipse in April. We have the Civil War movie coming out in April. And so many events have happened in April. And this ties back to this occultic calendar, this 13 days of preparation. It goes back into these days of sacrifice that lead up into May. And It is interesting to take note of that because when you start to look back at some of the events that have happened in our history, it's pretty crazy. So some of the major events that have happened in April include Waco, the Boston Marathon bombing, Columbine, as well as the Titanic sank on April 15th. So April is a big time on these people's, in quote, calendar, where they are trying to bring about sacrifice, all of these different types of things. And um, moving into April, it's this idea of, of a rebirth too, because it's spring, okay? So winter is ending and spring is coming. So you've got this idea of, of a rebirth of sorts. So again, do we look at it that way as normal people? No, not necessarily. But when you look at these people, whether it be in the Old Testament or today, They have always looked at creation over the creator and they look at the stars and the moon and the sun. You go back to the ancient Egyptians. They were, you know, all of their gods were tied to creation, whether it was the Nile or the sun or the moon, the stars. It's always about creation. And it's interesting that I'm studying the book of Exodus right now in the Bible study that I teach because it's as I think about this, I think, wow, the timing of this is so interesting because God showed the Israelites, the Hebrews during that time, as well as the Egyptians, he showed them his power in the land. It was all about, yes, setting the Hebrews free, but it also was about judgment, judgment on Egypt and judgment 
on the little G gods that they were serving. And I talked to my Bible study about this and I said, you know, it's really interesting because when you look at that word gods, where it, it tells us in Exodus 12, I believe, it says that God, the God, the Elohim, God the Creator, he executed judgment on the little g gods and that that word gods in the hebrew is elohim and this indicates principalities rulers judges it's what paul talks about in the new testament now these aren't little wooden statues that god is executing judgment on you guys stay with me these are principalities these are spiritual beings that God is executing judgment on. And so I think it's really important as we look at all of this even today, that we have to realize there is not only the physical, but there is something spiritual that is driving these people, whether it be those world leaders or evil people like Bill Gates and George Soros, there is a spiritual principality and demons that are driving these people, inspiring their wicked hearts to do these types of things. But we know, just like Exodus, these people have limited power. And this is worth noting, when you look at the book of Exodus and you read about the judgments, you know, the 10 judgments, you look at the two magicians that Pharaoh had. The Bible tells us that their names were Janus and Jambres. And these two magicians could go toe to toe for a while with Moses and Aaron. But there came a point where their magic didn't work anymore. And it was really funny as we were studying this because these magicians could only replicate what God had already done. They could only bring more blood to the water. They could only bring more frogs. They couldn't turn the water from blood back to to drinking water, right? And so it's kind kind of funny because they're powers they do have some but it's limited and by the time it got to the plague where they couldn't replicate it anymore they stood up and said the hand of God is in this and so as we look at these things today and as we move into the eclipse and kind of some things that I think are important for us to notice God is the same yesterday today and tomorrow but the question is is do you believe that do you believe that God still speaks through people Do you believe that God still does miracles? Do you believe that God still shows visions and dreams? I do. I don't think he's changed. Now, I will say that in these days, we have to test people. Not everybody who says they're a prophet or I had a dream. You know, not everybody is accurate. And it's up to us to kind of test and wait and pray because there's going to be people that will mislead you. So saying all that, looking at the eclipse, it's really interesting some of these things that I want to touch over because it, it's kind of cool. And, and what you guys think about this is up to you, but it's interesting nonetheless. So let's start with this. August 2017, there was a total solar eclipse. This was the first Passover over the United States. And during this time, there were seven Salems that it crossed over, seven Salems. Now, when you look at Salem in the Bible scripturally, and I'm going to pull up a, a verse so I can have actual scripture to tell you guys so that you know, um, when you pull it up and you see that Salem is a reference to Jerusalem, it's really interesting the tie-ins biblically. So in the Psalms, Psalm 76 two, it says his tent, meaning God, is in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. So there's other reference to Melchizedek and others um, talking about Salem tied to Jerusalem. And I think this is neat because on August 21st, 2017, the first great American eclipse made headlines over 
all over the nation. It was also known as the Seven Salem Eclipse because a path of that eclipse crossed over seven U.S. locations named Salem, Salem, Oregon, Salem, Idaho, Salem, Wyoming, Salem, Nebraska, Salem, Missouri, Salem, Kentucky, and Salem, South Carolina. Now, seven years later, okay, seven biblically is the number of completion, right? On the seventh day he rested, we have all these references to seven biblically. But now here comes the second great American eclipse. It's almost here. It's going to happen in April. And it is seven years after the first one. April 8th, 2024. It's going to make an X across the United States. But get this. There's seven Ninevehs, seven U.S. locations named Nineveh. Now there's actually eight named Nineveh, but that crosses in Nova Scotia in Canada. So we're going to stick to the seven in America, but it's Nineveh, Texas, Nineveh, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and New York. Seven Ninevehs. So here we have seven, 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 and it's going to make this X across the United States. And do we think this is random? I mean, is there a correlation here? I don't know, but it seems like there very well could be. And It ties into Nineveh, ties into the story of Jonah, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But I want to talk about this first. It makes an X over the United States, and this X is very important um, in the occult, but you can look at it as X marks the spot. You know, X is symbolic of death. X is the idea of death and rebirth of Osiris which is a connection to Egypt. Now, this is really interesting. I just talked about the Exodus, the judgments and plagues of God, right? To judge, okay? To bring wrath, to show his name in the land. This is why God did this. Over the United States is going to be this X. X is the last letter in the Hebrew language, Tav. And it looks like the letter X, X, Tav, okay? Keep that in mind. But where it crosses over is a place in Illinois called Carbondale, Illinois. But the other name for Carbondale, Illinois is Little Egypt, Little Egypt. So here we have, this is crazy, you guys. Are you, are you catching on with this with me? Because I find this really, really interesting. If, if nothing but that, it's interesting, okay? However you want to take it. So it crosses over at Little Egypt at the 37th parallel, Carbondale, Illinois, X marks the spot, death and rebirth, this idea of the Tav, right? All these different tie-ins and Nineveh was really important in, in the Old Testament. So Jonah was called to preach and talk to the people of Nineveh. God wanted him to tell them to repent. And this, as the story goes, Jonah thinks that the Ninevites essentially are not worthy of salvation because Nineveh was the capital city of one of Israel's biggest enemies, enemies, the Assyrian Empire. Okay, so they were very, very wicked idolaters. And so what does Jonah do? Instead of heeding to the Lord's commands, he decides to get on a boat and go in the opposite 180 direction to Joppa. And many of you know the story. While he's there, there's a violent storm. Jonah tells the sailors to toss him over and he's in the belly of a of a whale or a fish or sea dragon, whatever word you want to use there, there's there's different theories. But whatever the case, Jonah went into this belly of a whale or a fish, and he was in there three days and three nights. And it ties directly to Jesus in the New Testament. 
And it's this idea of death and resurrection, right? It's this symbolic idea here. But going back to the story of Jonah, he's in this whale and the whale and the fish spits him out onto the land. And he finally is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. He ends up saying this kind of prophetic um, statement in Jonah 2, 2 through 9, and he says, salvation comes from the Lord. And so Jonah ends up traveling to Nineveh, warns the city's inhabitants that they must repent or risk having their city destroyed in what? 40 days. There's these numbers, right? Let me say this as a quick sidebar. God uses numbers to show his fingerprint. The enemy likes to use numbers as mysticism. This is why you see this real emphasis on gematria and numerology and angel numbers. People will use them in a mystic way, but God uses them to show his fingerprint. There's many numbers that are very significant biblically, three, seven, 40. And here we see Jonah traveling to Nineveh saying, you need to repent people, you wicked people because your city's going to be destroyed in 40 days. But look what happens here. The king of Nineveh heeds Jonah's warning. He heeds his warning, the king, the leader, and he immediately puts on his sackcloth and, and does all the ashes and instructs his people to do the same. What do they do? They follow suit and they show repentance to God. And so God sees that repentance of the Ninevites and spares them from destruction. And so this is the story of Nineveh. We see this idea of the solar eclipse coming in from Eagle Pass, going through the seven Ninevehs of the United States, creating this X across America. It's really profound to think about if there's any correlations here. Are there correlations? There could be. There absolutely could be. Now, something interesting in 2 Kings 14.25 says that Jonah restored the coast of Israel from en- from the entering of Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spoke by the hand of his servant Jonah. So he restored a boundary. He restored a border. Is it not interesting that Eagle Pass, Texas is the border where this eclipse is coming through? You see that tie in there. I don't know if there's anything there. I don't know what it means everyone. I just am bringing some things to light and what happens is going to happen. And so, you know, Jonah's people repented and 40 days from April 8th, when the solar eclipse makes that X across the US, 40 days from there is May 18th. And May 18th is Pentecost Sunday. So here we are. We are at this crossroads where what are we going to do as a nation? Just like the nation of Israel left Egypt, the tie-ins to Egypt are really, really quite interesting. Are we going to leave our sin? Egypt is symbolic of the world. Are we going to leave our sin and the world behind and enter in to a time of repentance with the Lord? This is the bigger question here. Now, what's equally interesting, just to kind of wrap up this eclipse stuff, as we're bringing this plane for landing, guys, so, so hang in there. There is a third partial eclipse on October 14th, 2023. Okay, this was last year. And this created a third line over the United States. And it created what looks like the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. Okay, and so you have the last 
letter represented by the X, the Tav, and the first letter represented by Aleph. Does this bring to mind anything in scripture? God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's a time of repentance. Is it time now? Yes, it is. And so is this getting your attention? There's many theories about revelation, the end days, what's going to happen to America, what's going to happen to the world. Guys, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that God is faithful to those that love him. He is going to protect those and keep those one step ahead that love him. And I think that if we don't consider that there could be judgment on America, then we are going to miss a lot. And so as we look at all of this, do you see Israel in this? Yes. Salem and the letters, the Aleph and the Tav. Do you see Egypt in this? Yes, you do. You see Egypt in Little Egypt, Carbondale, Illinois, passing over where the X is going to be created. This was the first Passover. Think of the tie-ins even with Exodus, the passing over of the solar eclipse. Now, something really crazy that I forgot to mention was somebody tied back the time of Jonah. Okay, this is nuts. Tied back the time of Jonah, the approximate time of Jonah. And at that time in history, they said there was a solar eclipse. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. But if that is true, and there was an eclipse at that time, during Jonah's time, where he was telling the people to repent, wow, that's pretty profound. We know that God shows himself through his creation. He shows himself through his creation. And so are you heeding this warning? So as this solar eclipse passes over, just like the first Passover in Exodus, where the blood allowed the Hebrews to be passed over and to escape Egypt, Egypt being Carbondale, is this all a coincidence? I guess it depends on you. It depends on if you believe God is the same yesterday as he is today and he will be tomorrow. Do you believe that? It depends on if you think that God still speaks to us, if he still does miracles, or if that was only for the disciples. I don't believe that. I, for one minute, do not believe that God limits his, himself to just the people of the New Testament. He still gives us dreams. He still gives us visions. He still uses people to speak through. And so as we finish, I want to touch on the idea of a lot of people online who are claiming to be prophets and hearing from God. Now, I believe that God still uses people. I want to preface with that. But I also want to say we need to test everyone. We need to be aware that there are people that are not true prophets of God. They are not hearing from the God. And it's only by the testament of the Holy Spirit and by that wisdom and discernment that you have with God that you'll be able to know that. Um, and so there are some people out there and they're talking about America and they're talking about what's to come. And I don't watch a lot of those things. I feel as if my heart is right. I have prepared as best I can physically, like Joseph prepared for the famine. I have extra food, extra water. I have done as much as I physically, physically can. The rest I have to leave up to God. But I do know that my walk with him is right. And that's all I can do. And I have to trust that he will give me wisdom in the days ahead to navigate exactly where he needs me to go. And so I encourage you guys, do that. You don't have to go crazy and be an extreme prepper if you don't want to. 
But if you don't take this into consideration, if you don't take the words of people that are all saying the same thing, mind you, there's not very many that I listen to. And I don't listen to a lot of um, people that are that are prophets, but I do listen enough to know that they're all saying the same thing. And that is that there is judgment and war coming to America. And I'm not here to create fear, but I am here to say, it's time to wake up. It's time to get prepared physically, but mostly repent and be prepared spiritually, because it is only by the grace of God that he will save you and keep you one step ahead. And we know that there's going to be trial and tribulation. Trials in and of themselves is a testing time. It's a testing time. It's a time to endure the race like Paul talked about. We have to endure. We have to be tested, right? This isn't a bad thing. We don't have to live in fear and anxiety and worry. But take this time now and prepare yourself. Get your house in order. Be ready for what's to come. There's tons of ideas about revelation and is there a rapture in the beginning of a seven-year tribulation or is it at the end or is it this or is it that or, you know, are we in the millennial reign? I mean, there you guys are so many different theories about revelation. My advice to you is get right with God, know him, understand who he is, trust in him, pray to him, and the revealing of Jesus Christ, which is revelation, that's what it means will come as it needs to come. Your job is to stay focused on him like Peter did on the water. When he was walking on water to Jesus, he looked at him. It was the minute he turned away, the minute he was distracted by the storm that was raging around him, and he got scared and overcome by fear. That's when he started to sink. So if you keep your eyes on Jesus, if you keep your eyes on the word of God and walking with him, he is going to lead you. There is no fear in this time, everyone. But turn your life over. Do as Jonah said to the Ninevites. Repent. Humble yourself. You don't have it all together. Turn yourself over to the Most High God. He is waiting there for you. Do it now while you can. So I want to encourage you guys. Turn into prayer. Turn into your word. You've got to know God. You have to know him in these days ahead. And he will be there if you seek him and you ask for him and you knock on that door, you will find him. So I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. I look forward to coming back here next week. Thank you for listening and following me on my social media sites, Eyes on the Right Podcast on Instagram and Eyes on the Right 4.0 on Instagram. Thank you all and we will see you next time. Bye.